So yes, tonight let's turn back to the passage we looked at this morning in John chapter 17. You can turn there with me, the Gospel of John chapter 17. I want you to look at the text with me and follow along as I read from the English Standard Version beginning at verse 14. John 17, and I'll read verses 14 through 19. This is a continuation of Jesus' prayer, which began in verse 1. Some have called this the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Uh, So Jesus continues praying in verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so have I sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Now, I noted this morning that one of the implications of the passage that we just looked at is that God has left us here on earth to be people who are, uh, those who trust in Christ, people who are growing in Christ, growing in the truth of his word, and going with the word, going with the gospel and sharing it with those people around us. God wants us to be growing, being, and we saw this word, sanctified. He wants us to be sanctified by his word or set apart by the truth of his word and the work of the Spirit. And and that involves, on our part, that involves us yielding to God and yielding to his truth and putting ourselves under the scripture and saying, this is God's word, I must obey, and then with our whole lives seeking to obey God. And that sanctification work takes part with the Word and by the work of the Spirit as we yield to God doing His work in us. And He wants us also going with the Word. So uh, really what this looks like for us is that, that we, growing in Christ, live in this world, but live like believers with the Word working in us, and then we speak the truth of the Word to those who will listen as we seek to share the gospel with them. That's really the point of being sanctified like we heard Jesus pray in verse 17. But we have a problem. Selfishly, we would like to do what I would call, I'll call it weeding and feeding. Um, It is, uh, the the ground is covered with snow, but it won't be long. And the grass will be green again. Hang in there. It's, yes, it's winter, but it won't last long. Trust me, it, it'll change, right? And the, the grass will be growing again, and you will be out in your yard doing what? Weeding and feeding, right? Because you want your yard to look nice. You want it to look better than the neighbor's yard. Maybe you don't care. Uh, maybe you don't care. But you do, you do take care of the yard, right? You do make sure you mow the grass before someone comes and tells you you have to mow the grass. You, but you, selfishly, as believers, we'd like to just tend to our own things. You don't, you don't mow your neighbor's grass. 
unless they ask you to or they're paying you to or, or you know they need you to do it and you're doing it out of the kindness of your heart, none of us likely, with, with maybe a couple of exceptions, exceptions, goes and weeds and feeds the neighbor's grass, right? We, we're not trying to help the neighbor's grass. We're, we're more concerned about our own stuff to caring for our own needs and uh, grooming our own problems but that's not how Christianity is supposed to be. We're not just supposed to put on the blinders spiritually and only look at our own lives. God wants us growing, yes. He does want us to weed and feed our souls, yes. But he also wants us going with the truth. He also wants us to be concerned about the people around us who need Christ, who need to hear the gospel. He also wants us to be concerned about our brothers and sisters in Christ who will be encouraged with the truth as we live it, as we declare it, as we teach it and proclaim it. And as Christians, we're to be concerned for the people around us. That's believers and unbelievers. Now, we know that uh, that's true. I think we all at heart know that we're supposed to be sharing the gospel as believers in Jesus Christ. I think we all would agree. We know that that's true. That's a fundamental truth for all who follow Jesus Christ. But how are we going to be certain that we're actually growing and going with the truth? How can we follow through on what we know should be true of our lives as believers in Christ? Now, there's a, there's a truth pointed to several times here in chapter 17 that makes clear what is to be done and one of the fundamental uh, truths and, and um, characteristics of a believer's life. And I want to point to that truth tonight. And I think, I think by this truth, we find the answer to how to be certain we're those people who are growing and going with the truth. Growing in the Word and sharing the Word, sharing the Gospel. So how to be certain that we're taking God's Word personally and growing by it, and then how to be certain we're also taking God's word to the people around us that God has put in our lives because he wants us to influence them toward the kingdom with the truth of the gospel. We've seen this uh, fundamental truth. I'm going to point you to here in just a moment. We've seen this fundamental truth already in a couple of earlier passages, and we saw it pointed to in the passage we just read. But let me read to you four separate verses here in John 17. So I want to read to you four verses in John 17. You can look at them as I read them. And I want you to see if you can identify the common theme in each passage. So what's the common theme? Starting with John 17 and verse 6. John 17 and verse 6, where Jesus prays, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were. And you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So that's verse 6. Now look at verse 8. Again, we want to identify the common theme here. Verse 8, John 17. For I have given them your, uh, the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. And now verse 14, John 17, 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And then 
Uh, I read it a moment ago, verse 17. Let me read it again. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So what's the common theme here? It's the word, right? And the word is truth, yes? It's God's word. It's the truth. And if we go back to verse 6, I think we see there the most basic, really the most fundamental characteristic of a faithful believer's life where Jesus prays, and they have kept your word. That's a basic, that's kind of a fundamental characteristic of a believer's life. A person who is a believer in Jesus Christ Though they are not perfect, though this side of heaven, they're still doing a fight with sin and temptation. Their desire is, and, and the trajectory of their Christian lives is, is that they keep God's word. They obey God's word, even though we're not always perfect in that. It's a basic characteristic of a, of a faithful and fruitful believer's life. They have kept your word. Jesus prayed that about the disciples and they weren't done sinning. They were still on earth. And he says about them, because they had believed the word and they were obeying the word, they kept the word. Now, this is the most fundamental and basic characteristic of the believer's life. It's, it's summed up in that O word, obedience, right? Obedience, it's keeping God's word. So Jesus doesn't hint at the truth here. He's not subtle about it. It's very clear here. Obedience to Christ and his words is one of the most distinguishing marks of a Christian, of a follower of Christ. Oswald Chambers said, Spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of the years, but by obedience to the will of God. You realize it's possible to have been a believer, to say you've trusted in Jesus Christ and, and have that have, have happened to you, that you say, I trusted in Jesus Christ when I was a kid, and yet have many years of, of fruitlessness as a, as a believer. Maybe starts and stops, starts and stops spiritually, but little, little change, and yet that's not what God wants, and you can remain spiritually immature if you don't pay attention to this. It's what Sanders or Chambers, Oswald Chambers said, that spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of years. You don't just grow spiritually because you've been a Christian for a long time. You grow spiritually because you put the word into your heart and mind, and then you seek to, to walk it out as a believer. So obedience is the gauge, we could call it the, the gauge of our discipleship, or our spiritual maturity, or our disobedience is kind of a gauge of the lack thereof, of the lack of our spiritual maturity. This really is the test of whether we are submitting to Jesus Christ as Lord. Are we obeying? Are we seeking to obey God? Are we seeking to put the Word in and to live the Word out for God's glory? It's been said that what we believe, we do and the rest is just religious talk. What we believe, we do, and the rest is just religious talk. Um, I think it's true, and it's true when we come to the Scriptures. Do we believe God's Word? If we do, we're going to seek to apply it to our lives. And just as we saw back in verse 4, that Jesus, has, uh, just as Jesus obeyed the Father, glorifying the Father by His obedience on earth, so we are to obey Jesus Christ. Jesus says... 
they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. But he also says he's leaving them here. He's not asking that the Father would take the disciples out of the world, but that he keep them from the evil one. And so we're in the world, but not of the world. And we find in this prayer of Christ in chapter 17 that there are three actions that we're to do in regard to obedience as we find ourselves still living in this world where we are where we are actually aliens because we're if you're believers in Jesus Christ you're a citizen of heaven but you're still here you're a representative of heaven still on earth and so i want you to see uh, three three actions that we're to do in regard to obedience tonight and and those three actions revolve around three phrases and i'll give you the first here but just i'm i'm saying action uh, but these might be better understood as actions of the heart actions of the mind actions of the attitude so this is these are kind of internal actions but back to that statement what we believe we do what we believe we do if we believe god's word uh, these things will be true of us in measure and growing in measure so here's the first uh, action we saw it today in john seventeen fourteen, where jesus prays I have given them your word. I have given them your word. So first, I would suggest that if we're to obey and be followers of Jesus who are growing, and not just growing in the truth, but also going with the truth, looking around us at the people that God has placed in our lives to see who is it I can share the gospel with who desperately needs to hear this, and any unbeliever desperately needs to hear this, We need to understand that our obedience to God in this way begins with the attitude of the mind. It begins with an attitude of the mind. So um, you can think of this as an this action as an attitude of the mind. It's is the attitude of your mind, is the attitude of your heart that the Bible is God's word. This is really basic and fundamental, but we need these reminders sometimes uh, because we live in a world where Satan is active and trying to draw us away from the Word of God and draw us into the world of belief that contradicts everything God's Word says. But if you're a believer in Jesus, this ought to be true of you. The attitude of your mind, the attitude of your heart is, is that this is the Word of God. This is God's Word. This is God speaking. Is the attitude of your mind and your heart that the Bible is the Word of God? And is your attitude such that you believe what God has given you in the Scriptures is Him speaking to you? It's a lot easier to look at the Scriptures and to think of all the other people in the world and how the Scriptures apply to them. But first... (laughs) It's not necessarily a wrong thing to do. But, but first, when you read the Scriptures, are you reading because this is God's Word and this is for me? God is speaking to me. Jesus prayed that, that we be given the Word. We noted it in that phrase in verse 14. I have given them your Word. Jesus had given his, uh, God's Word to the disciples. And we have been given the Word in God's word the scriptures our bibles and so we noted it in that phrase 
Uh, we also saw it back in verse 8. Look at verse 8 again, John 17. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So there's no secret code There's no hidden message here. What Jesus is speaking of here are the stated facts or truths that have been clearly recorded in the Bible. They have been given to us. They are a gift from God. This is the action of God toward us. He has given us the steps that we're to take. If we read the Word of God, we will learn how to walk as believers in this world. So he's given the steps that we're to take and the actions that we're to follow and the life that we're to live. In the Bible, we hear God's words and we find out who God is and what he thinks and how he behaves and what he considers important. How do you become obedient to God if you don't have the word of God dwelling in you as God's word says of itself, dwelling in you richly? You do not. You do not obey if God's word has no part in your life. So how do you become obedient? Get the word of God in. Believe that this is God's word. So first, what's your attitude toward toward God's word? Do you understand and do you believe that these are God's words for your life? Your obedience depends upon that proper attitude that proper action of the mind. Your obedience begins with your attitude of mind toward God's words. The second phrase is seen in verse 8 here. Jesus says, they have received them. You see it there in verse 8? They have received them. Jesus prays, for I have given them the words that you gave me. Uh, Jesus is saying, everything you told me, Father, God the Father, God the Son, speaking to God the Father, everything you told me to give to them, I gave to them the words that you gave to me to give to them. For I have given them the words that you gave to me, and that phrase, and they have received them. That's an important action. It actually begins with an attitude, the one that that we just spoke of. This is God's word. They had to believe that God was speaking to them. And these were God's words. The disciples had received God's words from Jesus, and they had taken them personally for their own lives, uh, for their own obedience. And so secondly, our obedience continues with the affection of the heart. Let's call that action the affection of the heart. This is moving from just knowing something to taking it seriously and seriously enough to apply it to yourself and do something about it. Not just to, um, and I, I put Bible reading plans out at the, beginning, at the end of last year. There's still some copies out there, and I would encourage you to get a Bible reading plan. If it's the one that I put out, great. If it's some other Bible reading plan, great. But read God's Word, and it helps to have a plan. But, but this is not just checking off the boxes and saying, I read my passage for today, and just going about your business. Now, one of the ways that I've done this in my devotional life is to, it helps me to read God's Word 
and to look for something that really stands out to me today. And this might be something different. Even if you read the same passage every day, it might be something different every day. But something that stands out to me. And then to, to just write that verse down in, in a journal or a book or on a notepad. Just write it down. Just slow down. To think about that passage carefully. To just write that word, that passage down again. Whether it's one or two or three verses. To write that down. It's uh, interesting to me sometimes to go back and look at the, all the verses that I've written down over a period of time. And to see how God is encouraging me with those truths. It's just one idea to slow down and to think about what you're reading. So it's not just checking off the boxes on the Bible reading plan to get, to get it done for the day so you can go do what you feel is, is more important. But it's an affection of the heart. If this is God's word, and you realize that this is God's word to you, you need to treat it like a personal letter, like you would treat a personal letter to you. Um, when Carolyn and I were separated by miles and I was in the military and she was, I was in South Carolina, she was back in Michigan, she and I sent letters back and forth. I've still got all those letters that she sent me. Um, I should sit down and read them again sometime. What's that? I did not burn them. I did. That's blasphemy. I didn't burn them. I didn't burn them. I, I, but I, when I got those letters, I usually read them more than once. For one thing, no cell phones back then, back in the old days, no cell phones. I was calling with like a phone card. Man, I'd blow through the phone card trying to talk on the phone. So letters were important, and I got those letters, and they were treasured to me. They were so important. I still have them. They're important. As important as that is, God's Word is even more important to you. God's word is even more so a treasure. Treat God's word like his personal letter to you. The attitude of your heart needs to change. The affection of your heart needs to change. If you are going to obey God and grow in Christ and then go with the word of truth, you need to have an affection for the word of God that draws you into it for what he has to say to you on a daily basis. And this is moving from just knowing something to taking it seriously enough to apply it to your heart, to apply it to your life, to apply it to your temptations to sin, so that you can grow in obedience to God and bring more glory to Him with the way that you live and speak. Now, in a sense, everyone in the world is given the words of God. In a sense, we're living, and even more so today, we're living in a day and age when the gospel has never been more widely spread and the good news is, is, is more and more available than ever before. Now, there are still unreached peoples who need to hear the gospel, but more and more the gospel is going out and more and more people are hearing God's word. But not everyone believes. So... We're not to only be hearers of the word. We don't want to be at risk of sitting here and hearing the proclamation, the preaching of the word, and then going away not believing it. We're, we ought not be the people who pick up the Bible reading plan and go through it this year and get to the end and still not believe it. We ought to be those people who are included in those who, who receive the word, who believe God's word. 
So we're not only to be hearers of the word, we're to be receivers of the word. And really that's what the passage in James 1.22 points to when it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There's an indicator in James 1.22 of the danger we face if we simply just read the word and don't do the word, don't believe it to the point where we actually want to practice the truth in our lives. We, uh, if you're not a doer of the word, you aren't a receiver of the word either. So have you received God's words? Have you received them as for you? And do you take seriously that this is God's letter to you for your good, for your heart change, for your Christ-likeness in this world? It is not enough to take the words merely into the mind. They have to take root in your heart. And the attitude of your heart towards God's word has to be, this is God speaking to me. How dare I neglect it? I, I must not neglect it. I must read it. I must add it to my heart. I must follow it. I must humble myself before it. The words of God have to be a part of your way of life. Get the word of God into your daily routine in every, and, then, and then let it spread into every area of your life. The Word of God should shape how you look at life, how you think about the, the days coming, the years coming, should the Lord tarry. The whole of your life as a believer in Jesus is to be shaped by the Word. That means your family, how you think about your family. That, that means how you think about your relationships, how you think about your work, how you think about how you do business. Every area of life should be affected by God's Word. And while many people hear the words, many hear the gospel, not everyone who hears believes. But we ought not be those people. We ought to believe and be so changed by it that we're convinced we need more of God's Word, not less. And for a believer in Jesus that continues beyond our first step of faith, we we have this first step of faith where our eyes are open. God opens our eyes, gives us faith to believe in who Jesus is, and he saves us. That's his work. That's not our work. Ours is faith to believe in him and that promises the, the promises that he has given us in his word. But beyond that first step of faith, we need to go deeper and deeper into God's word and let the word go deeper and deeper into our souls so that it changes us more and more. For a believer in Jesus, that goes beyond that first step of faith and into our whole life so that no area of our life is hidden away and untouched by the truth of God's word. We must receive the words of Christ. We must daily receive God's words. And that's when we will begin to apply the words. We'll apply the words to our lives daily. And that leads us to the third phrase, the third phrase seen in verse 6, they have kept your word. They have kept your word. So third, the third action, obedience results in, or this action will actually lead to obedience, an action of the will. An action of the will. The word kept 
seen here in verse 6, they have kept your word. It, um, it implies the action of obedience. That's what Jesus is talking about. That they've kept your word. They've obeyed it. They're obeying it. It shows that obedience moves from an attitude of the mind to the affection of the heart to an action of the will. We need that uh, progression in our spiritual lives so that the attitude of our mind is, is this is God's word. The affection of our heart is how dare I not read God's letter to me, God's word speaking to me. And then the action of the will leads us to take steps of obedience. So an action of the will means that the whole direction of our lives is moving toward obeying Jesus Christ in all his righteous commands. We don't want to be guilty of ignoring one part of the Bible because we don't like what it says. And oh, my word, it's a scary thing when we see so-called churches, even in our own community, who, who claim to be those who teach the word, taking parts of Scripture and turning them upside down to say things they do not say denying the truth of the gospel. And yet, we can be guilty of doing the same thing if we're not careful, just favoring our favorite parts of the Bible that don't necessarily step on our toes and step on our our favorite sins. May that not be true of us. So an action of the will means the whole direction of our lives is moving toward obeying Jesus Christ and every area of our lives being exposed to the Word with the Word challenging every area of our lives. Of course, this is not to suggest that we're always going to perfectly obey this side of heaven. It's going to be really difficult for us to be perfect in least, perfectly sinless. We have sinned. We do sin and we will sin this side of heaven. But a believer in Jesus, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, is to be characterized by their obedience to the Word of God. We're to be growing We're to be maturing in our obedience. And when we are, verse 6 is true of us, we have kept the word. No, we're not sinless. But Jesus can say of us to God the Father, they have kept the word. And another thing here is that Jesus is not suggesting that we can claim to be Christians and go on living habitually disobedient lives. No, faith is always evidenced by works. Faith is evidenced by works. The evidence of faith is obedience. The outcome of works is not salvation. The outcome of faith is salvation. We put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He saves us from our sins. And because we're saved, we, we begin to walk in obedience to God's Word. The evidence of our faith is works, is obedience. So how will you be certain that you're actually growing and going? How can you follow through on what you know should be true of your life as believers in Jesus Christ? Again, I go back to these three actions. It begins with the attitude of your mind toward God's Word. Willingly and joyfully receiving and believing God's Word. Read your Bible and receive it with joy. Even if it brings guilt, it's good that it does. 
God's word will bring guilt at times because there are things that we're going to need to confess and get right with God and then walk in, to, in obedience to. So the attitude of your mind toward God's word should lead you to willingly and joyfully receive and believe God's word. Read your Bible, receive it with joy as God's word to you and believe it. The living and active word of God is powerful when you humble yourself before the word, believing it. Then receive his words as God's words to you. Take personally and seek to grow in your love for God's word. Moving from just knowing the word to taking it seriously enough to actually be willing to do something about it. When God shows you a truth that you need to obey or a sin in your life that needs to be exposed and, and repented of and, and turned from, be willing to change. I can think of times in my life when people who loved me much were willing to come alongside me and graciously say, you, you're not doing right. You, you need to be willing to change. And there were times that I resisted that and rejected that. And yet I can think of times when I was uh, graciously challenged and encouraged and it got my attention and I began doing right and I praised God for that. God brings joy in obedience. God brings contentment in obedience. Take seriously God's word. Receive his word. To you, take it personally. Seek to grow in your love for God's Word and, and seek to move from knowing the Word, just knowing the facts of the Word, to, to seriously applying it to your life. Letting God's Word come alongside you and say, correct you, say, hey, that's something you need to change or that's an attitude that needs to change in your mind or your heart. That's a, that's a way of speaking. You need to stop. Or this is the way you need to begin speaking. Because God's word will do both. It will convict and tell us what we need to remove, but it will also show us what we need to bring in and replace with what we, what we remove. And then keep God's word. Allow the truth to lead to an action of the will that obeys God's words. And as you live in this world, I believe that you won't be guilty of just weeding and feeding your own life. You'll actually begin to look outward from your life. You'll begin to look at people around you and how God wants you to help them and speak the truth of the gospel to them and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them as you live it out before them, as you change, as you, as you get it wrong at times, as you sin and need to repent and confess before God and then ask for His help to do right as, the, as those people around you see you changing. God gives you opportunities to share the truth of the gospel with those people around you. Some will receive it. Some will reject it. But it's not your concern as to who receives it and who rejects it. You share the gospel with people around you in whose life God has placed you. And you will be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with your life in this world, with the way that you live. And you will have opportunities to share with your speech. You will be able to tell people about your Savior who died for sinners. What a powerful privilege is ours. What a wonderful uh, blessing is ours to be able to grow in Christ and then to take the word and be messengers of light and truth. May we never take that lightly and may we desire this side of heaven
to be those people that God is growing in Christ's likeness, making us messengers of light and truth to those people around us who desperately need the Word of God. 